0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Real Rant, the place where we like to rant about the real stuff. My name is Brennan McGee and sitting across from me today, as always, is the illustrious sexy boy. Who are you, dude? Corey McCookies and Cream. Oh, very good. Yeah. I like that. Oh, thank you. Are you a big fan of the Cookies and Cream ice cream? Sure. All right.
1: I do love it. I love me me a good... uh, Cookies and cream, like McFlurry or the Oreo McFlurry, anything of that nature.
0: I would, I would honestly most often go for a nice like solid vanilla bean oh. ice cream, and then I take it home and then put some like chocolate chips on it. Well. I mean, it's quite boring, and one might say vanilla. Oh, oh I see well, what you did that. there. Well yeah. done, well done. Yeah, very good. Um, well, we have a guest today, a very special guest. Yes. Are you surprised? I am actually. I'm super surprised. Why are you you surprised today as opposed to not any other episode?
1: That he would bother to say hello to
0: us. (laughs) You know, I'll be honest with you. I'll probably be surprised on that end as well. (laughs) He's a pretty cool dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, And it is a he. Mm -hmm. So, special guest, why don't you announce your presence and tell everybody who you are and uh, what's going on with you?
2: Uh, Okay. Well, hello, everybody. My name is uh, Nick Hodges. Uh, I'm a YouTube creator from the channel uh, History Buffs. And uh, I got a nice email from uh, Brendan and Corey to come in on the Real Ranch podcast and how can I possibly say no?
0: Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Wow. I mean, like, you could have said no or you just could have ignored us. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, we've tried Mark Hamill. Yeah. As of the other day. Uh, he, oh really? Well <laughs> yeah, yeah. we said, hey, screw it. Let's give it a shot. I mean, the guy responds to pretty much every everything. He responds to a lot, yeah. And the other day actually I saw Danny DeVito took a took a um a fan out for breakfast because he got a oh, tattoo yeah, yeah. of a quote that he said on his arm.
1: Well, let's just get a Mark Hamill tattoo and we're good to go. We're
0: good to go. I don't know. I th- I think we sh- I think for more of a commitment pers- purpose, I think it might be better if we get the history buffs logo, maybe tattooed on our her, like, oh, please don't. Please, please. <laughs> Have you had that yet, Nick?
2: Well, people getting tattoos of yeah. my face or History Buffs. No, uh, and I don't think it's a very good idea. Cause <laughs> I had like I, I know people who got uh, tattoos of uh, my old boss's show where the, one of the co-hosts, he had a tattoo of him, and then the show ended oh. like a few years later. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, now you got a tattoo of a show that doesn't exist anymore. Oh. So, yeah. So what Yikes. is the worst that could possibly happen
0: if, uh, God forbid, YouTube goes under? Oh. You know, in a year's time. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. Oh God, no! God no! <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this episode with us. It's really great to have you on the show. Um, but no, with, thank you. But with that, we're going to roll into the plugs. Yep. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Brendan underscore McGee. That is B R E A N D A N underscore M C G H E E. Thanks, mom and dad. And Corey, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Corey McEwen1. Because you number one, boy. Boy. Uh, you can follow the show at The Real Rant Pod on Twitter. You can send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Send us something nice, mean, or in between. It's all juicy, just the same. Uh, follow us on Instagram for all that juicy behind-the-scenes business. If you want to see what's going on behind the scenes, you know, get a little update on what's going on with us and how's it going and blah, 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 all the yada yadas. Uh-huh. You can visit our website at therealrant.com. You can find our links to iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play on there, and I think Pocket Cast. I believe so, yes. And if you're feeling really jazzy, mm. why not give us a uh, a five-star review on that, uh, you know, I don't know whatever you use to listen to us in your earlobes with. Hell yeah. I mean aside from headphones, don't don't put it on the headphones. Don't do a five star review on your headphones. Do it on your phone and then go from there. Well, I
1: mean you can if you want to.
0: Yeah, that would be weird though. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh and then if you want, you could subscribe. I mean that's totally up to you. But uh yeah. Uh Nick, you have some plugs. You've got your own show. Let's uh I mean that's why you're here. You know, we're fans. <laughs> of, we're big fans of your show, so well, thank you
2: uh well you can find me on youtube as the the channel history buffs uh on twitter as history buffs underscore on facebook it's a uh, history buffs london because someone else already took the name history buffs and uh what else uh, you could also if you want to check out history Buffs merchandise merchandise you can go on teespring and check it out there oh so i
0: think that's everybody you've yeah you got history cool. buffs you've got history buffs t-shirts yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My on God. Teespring. Yeah. Oh. We how, might have how, to jump on that train. Yeah, we might have to jump on that. Yeah. Not to only just buy your t shirt, yeah. but also to yeah. do our own. We made our own uh, yeah. recently. Uh we uh Corey had a bit of a surprise party and mm-hmm. we uh I decided well, I threw the surprise party and I said, yep. Hey, let's make a bunch of merch. So Next week's episode is called Well, it's not called anything. We're just doing it on beach pillows uh, the film by Sean Hartophilus and quite interesting about that episode. We've been talking about it quite a bit on the show or a couple times on the show at least. And, uh, we got in contact with Sean via a Twitter message thing. He Mm -hmm. liked one of our tweets. I looked him up, watched his trailer for his, not his most released film, but his film before that. And, uh, he was down to do an episode with us. So kind of like what we're doing with Nick right now, we're hopefully going to be able to do a Q and a with him when time comes in the next, uh, Week or so, and uh, we'll have a special guest on for that one. Aside from, you know, Sean the director, mm-hmm. and uh, that is our resident. What is his name? What are, what are we calling him now?
1: Um, oh, it's it's really big name. Something co-ranter extraordinaire. Yeah, co-hosts. Fella. Brackets in a beard. In a beard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, he's he's going to give over. us the download. Actually, over here right now. Reserve co-host ranter extraordinaire. Okay. That's the one. That's the one. And in brackets with the beard mm-hmm. because we have to do that. But uh, yeah, no, uh, as we said a couple of weeks ago, uh, Matt has joined the Real Rant crew uh, We, you know, to join in the background and help us out with tech and all that business. So that's great. On with the show. Let's roll into a segment we like to call "What You Watching, Boy? This is the part of the show where we go around the room and ask everybody what's they watching on the boob tube. Hey, Rantaneers. Corey McCookies and Cream here.
1: Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt the show, but if you're like me and haven't seen all episodes of the History Channel show Vikings, then you might want to skip to the time code in the description. Save yourself some spoilers. Thanks, guys.
0: So, uh, I mean, this part's a little bit special because we have Nick on, and Nick is quite a uh, Vikings fan. One might mm-hmm. say to the point of which he's had quite a career working with the people to some extent. Would you say?
2: Um, <laughs> a very very brief career, I'd say. Yeah, uh, you know, I was doing a podcast for history. Uh, I think back in sometime in 2016. And I was going over to Ireland to go on, onto the set to interview the cast and crew there. And I did, I think, two seasons of podcasts just uh, interviewing the actors and stuff. And uh, then that was it. That was so, it. Did you have like yeah, a
0: contract but, or anything like that? or?
2: Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, th- they picked me up because I made a video about Vikings and they... I was making uh, historical predictions for for what was going to happen on the show. That was season
0: four predictions, right?
2: Yeah, it was season four predictions. Well, I didn't know that um, at the time if it was all going to happen within season four. I just knew that based on uh, history and uh, the legends of uh, Ragnar and his sons, that certain things would have to happen. And uh, they did. So I got enough right that they uh, picked me up. And I was already a huge vikings junkie like uh, that that's one of my favorite uh, historical periods know, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff to do with the vikings so i really get uh, excited about it just how the fact that you know you have vikings going all the way to like uh, baghdad and iraq to russia to iceland to north america mm-hmm. you know fascinating stuff
0: yeah yeah i actually tried cool. to look up that podcast because i was listening to uh phil the issues guy and your episode on vikings um recently actually and mm-hmm. uh phil and you guys were talking about um kind of like uh you know where the show could go and things like that and then you'd mentioned you had done the podcast with history channel and i couldn't find it i don't know because
2: like uh, after we finished working with each other uh they took down the website that all of my uh podcast stuff i have like some of the interviews that i did with the actors is still on the history buffs page so i've got one with me and Catherine Winnick. I've got one where I'm interviewing Michael Hurst.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I still have them on my hard drive uh, somewhere. So mm.
0: um, yeah. I actually listening to that episode with you and Phil, and I I don't mean to make that kind of like a reference point, but I actually found That's it okay. quite um, fascinating. All the things that you guys were kind of talking about and um, and and going in depth stuff, but that. Um, discussion that you had with michael Hurst, the creator of the show sounded actually quite interesting in regards to how kind of you felt you you personally felt the show might actually go and kind of like how he wanted to envision it actually going because i know you had some issues with the newest season uh season five um yes and and i now kind of thinking about it and i'm not a personally i'm actually kind of a history fan through of vikings because of the show um, mm. I was born in kind of like Vikings territory, Minnesota St. Paul, home <laughs> of the Vikings football team. Yeah. If there's a little bit of Viking stuff there. I've seen a Viking ship. If you drive through certain parts of the states, um, they have Vikings museums and like Vikings longboats that they'd found in like, you know, big like burials. Um, we've spoken about that before, but most of my Vikings history is actually – probably through the show, uh, which is probably not the greatest after listening to you talk about it quite a bit on your channel. I don't know, like how how do you feel about the show and its relation with history? I guess I could ask. Well, there's a
2: lot of, uh, despite what some people say, there is a lot of history in it. It's just all muddled up. So for example, uh, Ragnar Lothbrok has no relation whatsoever to uh, Rolo uh, because he was born like 100 or so years later, but they just want to, Michael Hurst wanted to make them brothers. And uh, then you had certain characters doing different things to what others are. So
0: it's it's like, like for example, did, have you seen all the series? Um, I've seen it all. Corey, unfortunately. Corey's, like, spoilers is fine. Yeah. So go ahead.
2: Did you remember the scene where uh, Ivar, the bonus, is like a little kid and yeah. he's playing this game with uh, a bunch of his friends and then uh, like a ball game? And then he gets angry and he uh, splits this kid's head open with an axe.
0: I think right? I remember
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. So that is actually based on the uh, story of uh, an Icelandic Viking called Egil SkallaGrimsson. Yeah. And uh, he was the one who did that. And his mother, instead of scolding him, just remarked to her friends or someone else saying, he'll make a good Viking someday. Even mm. though <laughs> you know, she just killed <laughs> the, you know, another uh, mother's kid. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, so he's kind of like just taking bits and bobs of all the best of Viking lore and just putting them all into this one uh, show. Do you
0: think that that, I mean, I'm I'm trying to roll into kind of how to get into Michael Hurst's head a little bit here. But do you think that he's kind of like messed with history to that extent? Because he is a history man himself. Like he is like, a, isn't he like a historian? To, uh...
2: Yeah, he, uh, I think that was his academic profession for yeah. a bit. He worked on uh, the movie
0: Elizabeth. Okay, yeah, Uh, yeah, I saw that.
2: Writer for Elizabeth, uh, and I kind of embarrassed myself one time because I asked him like, "Oh, so you did Elizabeth the Golden Age?" He's like, "No, that was the sequel; had nothing to do with." I'm like, "Shit!" And he also did the Tudors, I believe, so about Henry VIII and all that. So he. He does a a lot. Most of his stuff is based on historical
0: uh, fiction. Um, What I was kind of leading into there uh, about Michael Hurst is like I I wanted to ask kind of like how you feel he might have like because you were saying that he kind of like ties in a bunch of like interesting parts about history surrounding Vikings and kind of makes them all collide, even though they don't really have any sort like they're just completely like hundreds of years apart or a 100 years apart. Um, and people are related when they're not really related. I mean, in regards to, like, using techniques and stuff like that, do you think that he kind of, like, did all that to just, you know, did he do that for his own love of Viking lore and Viking history and history in general, or do you think that he just kind of did that for more of a, the producers were behind the scenes and were kind of like, hey, look, we need to make this somewhat interesting, or, I don't know, how do you feel about that?
2: Well, I don't know if I, uh, if I remember, remember to uh, put this in my interview with him on my channel, but uh, he said one time that uh, he, when he made the show, he wanted to push in as many Viking uh, lore in, into one season as possible, because he had no idea if it was going to last a single season. It could be cancelled after season one, season two, season three. So I think maybe it was in season two, probably season two. He wanted to put in uh, a Blood Eagle, which is this uh, very, very brutal uh, Viking execution where uh, they uh, just cut your back open with an axe and they pull your lungs out and they put it on your shoulders. And if, uh, and you're supposed to suffocate under the air, crushing your lungs. And if you uh, scream, then you don't go to Valhalla. This is a, a form of Viking execution that Ivar the Boneless gave to a Northumbrian king called Aela, uh which is part of Viking history. And he put that in the show, season two, for the death of Yalborg. Borg which is um, you know, such, a rival Viking. Such a good yeah? episode.
0: Such a good yeah, episode. Yeah, amazing
2: episode. But he <laughs> had no idea if, uh, if there was going to be a season three. Yeah. Kind of um, gave little clues here and there of what he in, uh, wanted to do down the line. Like, it, there's a episode in season one when Ragnar and his uh, men raid Northumbria, and you see that King Ayla has a, a, a snake pit. Yeah which is very close to uh, the sagas, you know, the, st- the the mythology around it. Yeah. Because some people think that Ragnar either died of uh, a plague or dysentery when he attacked Paris, or he died, uh, or he was shipwrecked somewhere out at sea. Mm-hmm. But the story is that he was killed by Ayla by, in a pit of snakes, which ties into how, why Ivar the Boneless and all these other Vikings attacked um, England. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just trying to get everything, you know, he could.
0: I think I think the newer seasons are really good, but I agree. What you, I've heard you have discussions before about the idea that they're they're struggling with trying to figure out what to do with the show. I think right now in regards to like whether or not they should play it like Game of Thrones and like be comfortable with separating all the characters and him ha- having doing their own things. Yeah, well, I think
2: the biggest problem is budget because uh, it's it's now getting to a point where like the the feats of the of Ragnar Sons. Outshines anything that Ragnar Lothbrok ever did. All he ever did was attack Paris.
0: Yeah, but
2: he uh, opened this um, this wave of Viking incursions that just exploded onto the continent uh, because they were picking up speed around the, around his time. But um, they really exploded just because of how successful he was. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of other Vikings from Scandinavia thinking like, "Oh, if he could do it, then so can we." Yeah. And so you got Bjorn going into the raiding the Mediterranean and you got like other people going to England and then you got people going to like r- Russia, uh, the Middle East. So I, I could see that, uh, that Michael has wants to tell those stories, but they want to shoot as much of it in Ireland as possible. And you cannot make Morocco <laughs> look like Ireland. Yeah. I remember like uh, when I was uh, walking on the set, and then I passed like, this set that looks like a looks like a, a Muslim town. Like, you have uh, this Moorish sort of architecture. And I'm like, is this supposed to be Spain? Because that uh, episode hadn't come out yet. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, how the f*** are they going to make Ireland look like Spain? Because at the time, it was, like, drizzling with rain as, you know, grey skies. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. All that
1: stuff. yeah.
2: And they're like, oh, we're going to shoot it at night. I'm uh, like, okay. are you going to... And I was like, are you going to do that for the entire Mediterranean stuff, you can't keep shooting at night forever, you know, To try to,
0: yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I it's, it's weird because you say there's something about budget that they can't, like, afford and stuff like that, and I understand that, like... I mean, in regards to acting, Vikings isn't as great as Game of Thrones, but, like, for me, like, Vikings really does a lot of the things that Game of Thrones doesn't in regards to showing... Kind of like uh, battles constantly. There's always a battle going on. Yeah,
2: yeah, and... yeah. Although I kind of wish there was more shield walls. Oh yeah. Vikings. yeah, yeah.
0: And that's that's like from what I remember. That was kind of like a big thing for me. Like when they invade, when they invaded Paris. Like that was that invasion yeah. of Paris was probably one of the coolest. I mean you'll get to it. I will, yeah, I'll get there.
2: <laughs> it's, it's seriously like one of the best episodes I've ever seen in television. They uh it the is. way they attack Paris and and you actually go um if you look up the Battle of Paris the Viking battle on Wikipedia and you can see this uh, painting there's a shot in the show that's uh directly inspired by that. I actually like a, I
0: actually noticed yeah. that. I noticed that. Um that that are like the Wikipedia picture of the invasion of yeah. Paris. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool actually. <laughs> absolutely Um, yeah i mean that's what i get excited about because like when i was a a kid
2: i used to read history books about uh the vikings and all of everything they did and i so when the show came out i was thinking like wow they're actually going to show all of this yeah and so i got more and more excited the closer we got to ragnar's death i'm like yes we're finally going to see bjorn uh and his vikings attack spain um morocco go to the south of france italy and i keep getting annoyed every time they sort of like find an excuse to get bjorn back to ireland you yeah. Know, back. <laughs> yeah just so they could shoot in ireland again I'm like okay this is twice now you've yeah. done this come on guys. well
0: the irish the yeah. irish uh, ireland uh, economy must be doing pretty well considering they've got two relatively big shows uh going on over there yeah
2: yeah one in northern ireland one in republic of ireland yeah. where do you
0: think the show might go from here i mean i know you've kind of like had speculations about it um and you've talked about it on you know other various platforms that i've heard but uh where do you think the show is going to go i guess from here maybe in maybe in season you know five part b or onwards like do you think it'll last like another couple seasons or
2: maybe a couple but uh maybe two more Mm -hmm. but i'm just they they got to pick it up. They got to move out of Ireland. Yeah. You know, and just start like proper shoot. Like the thing, what makes Game of Thrones so popular is that uh, you believe this world that they're trying to sell. You, know, you for
0: our listeners, you know, we weren't really intending to do a half episode on Vikings, half episode on Demolition Man, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's important to have you here and talk about this. But I wanted to discuss, kind of like, I'm th- not to great length, but kind of like point out that I think the reason why. As, like, kind of, like, a storyteller myself, the reason why I think that Game of Thrones uh, and Vikings, you know, the differences between the show is, is like, Game of Thrones is so much more based in dialogue and conversation and deceit and, and people backstabbing each other. It's very, it's all very... I don't know, politically... More of like a chess game, kind of? Yeah, it's very chess game-driven. At the end of the day, when you strip all the battles and dragons and people with special powers and sex scenes away, it's really just a bunch of people talking. True, but but you also believe in the world they're trying to sell you, because that's why they uh, shoot it in Croatia,
2: they shoot it in Ireland, and they shoot it in uh, Iceland. Like, uh, no amount of sunshine is going to make you think that uh, Ireland is Croatia. Yeah. You, know, you just... It doesn't work that way. So unless, uh, Viking sort of gets like a huge, uh, a huge budget to, to help out the next season. I, I don't see it going any further because it just gets sort of, um, it just gets a bit too much. Like, you know, one of the characters in Vikings vitserk He's supposed to go to Russia. Yeah. That's his destiny. He's supposed to be burnt at the stake. And the idea of Vikings in Russia, where it's like freezing Siberian sort of temperatures and, uh, you know, snow everywhere. You can't make Ireland look like that, you
1: know, yeah. <laughs> with all the, the fake snow. So. Yeah,
0: it's definitely frustrating. Like, there are some characters that I feel, like, just need to go. Like, uh, the, uh, what's her name? Like... Um, Lagatha. Lagatha, man. Like, yeah. I just, I just yeah. don't see her... Like, she doesn't do anything for me anymore. I, like, mm-hmm. she just kind of... She was really cool when she was, you know, betraying, like, all those earls and stuff. And, like... I don't know. I don't know what she does. She does, like, some crazy shit where she, like, deceives a lot of, like, men, you know, and has her, like, maiden shield wall business and all that, bit, like, at this yeah, wedding or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Well, she gets, she's definitely going to get killed next season. Oh, for sure. Um, well, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> that uh, very special conversation about Vikings and our what you Watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, just recording this now, actually. We recorded an episode last night. It actually is quite fun awesome that we don't really have to watch anything in less than seven hours before talking to you to kind of like give our own, you know, update on things that we're watching, but we're still watching Vikings, uh... Corey's yeah. Corey's still getting through it. Um, yeah,
1: whenever I get the chance, I'll, I'll watch an episode or, or two.
0: Yeah, I don't have to finish. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. If you're not into the show, that's all. That's
1: cool. <laughs> no, it, it's a great show. I just literally don't have time for it.
0: The first, yeah. we really don't. We no. we this is uh, we live, breathe, and eat microphones, kind of for uh, yeah, for fun. Yeah, we yeah. don't really. We don't get paid to do this. No. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? No, I'm just playing. So with that, uh, let's get into the film of the week. Huh, huh. The film of the week. Huh, huh. The film of the week. Ha, huh, ha. Huh. Give me the magic sword. Okay. So uh, Nick, you might be not used to that. Uh, that uh, is our little <clears throat> theme song we came up from. Uh, it's a little bit of a callback to our first episode mm-hmm. uh, where we could not for the life of us remember the theme song for lord of the rings yeah uh and so we essentially just made one up on the spot and that's what you got and that's what it was yeah uh and now uh people thought it was interesting and so we've just continued to be improvisers and that's what we came up with one time so nick yeah yeah. (laughs) well cory was looking at you while we were doing that that was quite a It was, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at him. I didn't want to make eye contact and think while we were doing that. Oh, hello. (laughs) Um, But our film of the week this week is Demolition Man, a, uh, quite a great film. Yeah. Corey, would you agree?
1: I would agree. It's a, it's a, quite a fun film. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Um, it's a great film. Uh, it is Nick's pick. He chose this film for what reasons, Nick? You had, uh, said there might, there might, there was possibly a reason behind why uh well in all honesty like uh i don't get a chance to
2: watch many films lately that aren't involved with a uh, history or something and this is the most recent one that i watched with my girlfriend simply to switch my brain off and I was like okay i don't want to think about like uh you know vikings cowboys like any of that stuff i just want to watch a, Sh- uh, a stallone movie and this just happens and I, and I was watching i was like this i forgot how uh ahead of its time it really was yeah, absolutely <clears throat> It's not just a dumb action film from the 90s. It's actually remarkably close to what uh, life is like today. Oh, really? Uh, I think so. That's
0: that's actually quite funny because that was kind of one of my questions, but we'll get into that in a sec. So we're going to roll over to Jesse with the synopsis. So here we go. In a world where the chaotic past meets a sterile future, a psychotic criminal and a hard-as-nails cop are taken out of a frozen slumber.
1: John Spartan must do everything in his power to stop his criminal rival,
2: Simon Phoenix. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, in
0: Demolition Man. Hope you like Taco Bell and seashells. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate that. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) So I kind of wanted to start off this conversation talking about... Uh, You had mentioned, you know, that you wanted to turn your brain off and kind of like <laughs> just watch something that was, you know, because you watch a lot of history films because that's kind of what your show is based around is, you yes. know, looking at films with kind of like a historical perspective and kind of seeing how accurate they are, but also looking at them analytically in regards to, you know, how they kind of like pay homage to history in general, Um, which yes. I guess might be yeah. the same thing, uh, <laughs> you yeah, just said in a different way. But... I don't know. I You had said that you felt like this film was quite accurate. And I wanted to ask, like, being someone who looks at the past all the time uh, and kind of, like, <laughs> reflecting this in regards to our future, I guess, why do you think this is so accurate? And if you think it's accurate, like, kind of like... Because I don't personally feel like it's accurate uh, in any shape oh, or Oh, really? Fact. No, not at all. I, okay. mean, I mean, it's more... Maybe more in minute details, but I don't know. Why don't you kind of, like, let us know, so that way...
2: Well, of course, it's not, like, uh, hugely accurate, but there are some things that I see in the film that uh, I'm like, oh, we got that today. Like, for example, uh, the, the computers, or the, the, they have iPads. Yeah. There's a scene mm-hmm. where, like, uh, the guy's walking around with a tablet, and it's, uh, it's a video conference call, like, uh, what we're doing right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, Google Hangout or Skype, whatever. Um And I guess I I guess the main thing is uh, what I find interesting about is that a lot of uh, science fiction films where they talk about the future, either it's uh, this awesome world where there's spaceships flying about or it's a dystopian world. Mm -hmm. And this what this does differently is it presents a world where people are trying to be uh, a world where uh, people are a little bit uh, more fragile. Than what they used to be like a few hundred years ago which is the same which is definitely with us i mean if you it's 2018 today can you imagine like what we'd be like in 1918 mm-hmm. not forget about the war going on you've got like spanish flu you've got uh just these tough sort of jobs probably working out in the fields uh, i don't think we'd last a day yeah so we are a lot more sheltered today than we were back then so in demolition man it's a world where everyone's kind of a pansy,
0: yeah. yeah but yeah. not, not,
2: not from their perspective. Yeah. But from a gruff nineteen nineties action movie, you know, <laughs> perspective they are.
0: Do you think that's? So, do you think that? I mean, this might be a little bit too much credit for the film. But do you think that that's kind of what the film is, I guess, trying to articulate maybe? And it's like, I mean, I don't know if this this film is really trying to give any sort of a message about our future or where it's headed. Because, I mean, science fiction in a, in itself is a genre that kind of like, because um, I'm, I'm actually currently writing a paper on 2001 A Space Odyssey. And, I mean, I've taken courses on science fiction and it usually bases itself on some sort of like, um, scientific discovery or uh, or technology technology like advancement. Um, I don't know. Like, is there? Do you think that like this film is trying to say something or have some sort of dialogue with the viewer? Because I know that that's most of the time what you know sci-fi films or sci-fi genre in itself is trying to do is to essentially warn uh, the world of you know potential disasters or something. Um. Well, no. I, I guess like. Uh... When the movie came out, I was trying to uh
2: open a dialogue with the audiences like we often like look in the past and think, "Wow, how uh, barbaric people were sort of back then, yeah, you know, look how civilized we are now, and then it just sort of opens the idea like, well, you don 't know in a hundred years' time that people will be looking at you yeah. in a certain way you know mm-hmm. i mean i wouldn't be surprised like in two hundred years' time uh there are no more uh, nobody eats meat anymore, and the idea of eating uh meat would be Disgusting yep. to someone, you know, sort of the future. Like, how could you have done such a thing? He's an animal. And I love the idea of they have like a
0: swear machine. Oh, like, every God. Time you swear, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like my favorite. That's yeah? my favorite part of the movie, actually. Yeah. One of my favorite yeah. parts of the movie. You've is, been fine a half credit. Yeah, where like yeah. Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> where Sylvester Stallone, like, yeah. You know, he doesn't know how to use the seashells to wipe his yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which I have no idea how they use seashells. Uh, None of
2: them did. It was just a joke in the film. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs>
0: there's a lot of theories on forums, uh, which I find pretty funny. Really? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, there are. There's even illustrations, which I refuse to look at. you're like, not... <laughs> if the filmmakers didn't know how to use the three seashells, then you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's why you have to swear to get, uh, get that, uh, you know, get the paper. I mean, I also th- think it's just quite a
2: funny film because uh, the whole society is based on the fact that you shouldn't offend anyone, and it's taboo to be offensive any type of way, which is a bad thing because it, it sort of doesn't teach you how to grow a thick skin. You know, it's sort of just you know tough, be, be a little tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I think it it transfers into. Um... Also, not wanting to defend people, uh, but with just kind of like the the culture that they have. Whereas, like, there's no music anymore. It's just ads and stuff that people really like. Oh, and it makes me sick um,
0: when I watch that part. Like of the San- film when they're in the car. Yeah.
1: yeah, and Sandra Bullock has a whole bunch of like old toys and stuff that are considered contraband and stuff like that. So it it's, yeah. it definitely seems like they kind of limit creativity as well.
2: It, that's exactly what it is yeah. and that's uh and it is this very slippery slope and we're starting to have some of that um today like i was just watching um i've been binge watching friends recently okay. mm-hmm. on netflix because it's just come out in the uk here on netflix
0: oh i heard that was a and, big uh, deal for you guys yeah there was
2: some <laughs> uh there were some millennials that uh, complained that friends was um offensive now I'm a millennial myself, like I'm 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm like the later sort of generation. It's just because they had never seen friends before mm-hmm. and they're watching for the first time and they're saying, Oh, this is wrong. And this is wrong. And this is wrong. You can't exactly like pigeonhole everything into be, uh, <laughs> and what's wrong with being, uh, offended every now once in a while. Like Monty Python didn't care about offending Christians when they did Life of Brian. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: We've covered a lot of topics on this show. Um, and it, it's good that we talk, We start talking about this one in regards to kind of like um, how we see the future in regards to, you know, what's going on today and how relevant it is today. I, I, I guess now I would agree with you now that you've made that point with that perspective is the fact that we do get so kind of like bogged down in what people say. I think people's issue today is not really being able to understand uh, – getting getting misunderstood in regards to – uh, what the object of the joke is, or or where you know where the the object is is being poked fun at, or how. Um, and I I really actually appreciate um, Ricky Gervais's stance on the whole thing, where he discusses this in quite great detail about how people just are just so caught up and getting frustrated with each other now that they don't actually sit back and really kind of like look at maybe okay. Maybe he's not really making fun of people with disabilities. He's making fun of people who are making fun of people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Like, his, he has a whole stand-up bit where he opens the show with um, poking fun at somebody in a wheelchair. And the joke is more of making fun of the arrogant asshole who's essentially, you know, basically, like, just being an idiot to mm-hmm. this person with a disability. And that's where the joke is. But a lot of people, they get they jump on this like hype train to feel like they need to kind of find something wrong with the situation. And then they look yeah. too hard and I don't know. Kind of, kind of like people
1: ha- have a tough time taking things not at face value nowadays <clears throat> where they can't look deeper than what it actually is, which is quite unfortunate because that's like, especially for comedy, that's kind of what comedy is based in. It's poking fun at or making fun of things that maybe you wouldn't normally think about Take, taking a jab at
2: they're Like uh, professional victims,
1: as yeah. right, you know, like yeah, 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 you
2: know, or what's the word? Uh, that they, uh, recreational victims, you know, they like <laughs> doing so hard to be offended by things, uh, just because it makes them sort of feel I- important and it kind of belittles real issues. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, because there are things that, that are worth being offended about, but being offended because uh, they made a fat joke yeah. in friends, you know, yeah, or uh. I know uh John Spartan and demolition man said the F word. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I have a problem with society if I can't go out and say the yeah. F word. Like Yeah.
2: I I had a I had a, a sorry I had a fan like message me today saying that uh my language was inappropriate and history buffs because i said the words no shit and "badass," mm. specifically badass wow. this like the children this is isn't appropriate for children mm. and i throw back like what makes you think like my content is appropriate for children <laughs> i review films like saving private ryan yeah and you know mm. we were soldiers but like this they shouldn't be watching these films at all
0: yeah mm-hmm. let alone would yeah. they understand it though too like um what what part of history isn't uh (laughs) and uh you know it's (laughs) it's it's a question of i guess like i mean morality and morality is such like a gray area for people um i i agree with you guys and i think that this this film really kind of like hones into maybe a a destructive like future like there Mm -hmm. is no i mean whenever like you said nick there is like these two types of films that you get with, like, kind of a futuristic look. You get the, you know, dystopian future or this, you know, I don't know, this far-flung sort of destructive but also, like, future like this. But I don't know. Like, I I think that this film, you know, hits the point of, like, talking about a dialogue with people feeling like they need to be somewhat sheltered and things like that. And I have no problem if people feel like they need to, like – You know, like, like, I don't know, like, this is a discussion that is so kind of like, taboo, I guess. It is
2: kind of like a utopian world, because there's virtually no crime, which is awesome. There is no world hunger, like everyone is uh, cared for and catered for. But there there are parts of it which just make you want to go back to uh, back in time. So like the idea, like, there's only Taco Bell. You know, every restaurant is Taco Bell. And not only that, they go rid of all the spicy bits about taco Taco Bell. They go rid of all the cheese and all, that,
1: all the good uh, unhealthy stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, so <laughs> it's like yeah. they're essentially yeah.
0: serving chips with, like, exactly, a piece yeah. of salsa or guacamole on yeah. it. Yeah.
1: This film actually kind of reminds me of, like, a lighthearted version of Equilibrium. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah. where it's like everything <laughs> yeah. is, like you say, everyone's kind of catered for and all that. But there's it's like a weird, sterile future and nothing really happens.
2: Yeah. There's a scene in *The uh, Demolition Man* where John Spartan is so desperate for a burger that he eats one that's made of
0: rats. Yeah, that—that you know? <laughs> yeah. that was kind of my next question. Is kind of like you know what happened to the '90s and '80s films of. Uh, the, these sorts of like films, where saying a cliche line or having a name like John Spartan or Simon Phoenix or by all means Alfredo, Alfredo Garcia. Garcia, where where did these films go? And and why can't we accept them today? Like I, I find I find it frustrating because it is a mind numbing film, but at the same time it has a great message to some extent. Um, one that I don't think maybe the creators of the film really kind of foresaw. <laughs> um, but I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on where kind of like the 90s film went?
1: Because <laughs> I think you you asked this question when we actually uh, watched the film. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about it. And it's not, not quite exactly the same. But I feel like the, uh, the superhero movies of today are kind of similar. Where you kind of have like this over-the-top hero, um, you know, against all odds, against like a real baddie guy. There's one-liners. You got your kind of comedic side characters and stuff like that. So, it, not in the same sense, it's not exactly the same, but I feel like that's kind of like our modern day solution to kind of like the the, the 90s action film. Yeah. A little bit, maybe not.
2: I think they've gone into the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Like, I was watching those movies, and I'm like, this feels like a quality 80s, 90s action film. Yeah. So, uh, I love them. Like, to, In fact, Fast and Furious is basically Point Break with Cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so,
0: but... yeah, like Fast and Furious. That's that's a funny comparison here, but it is it is one that is quite reflective. Like they're very similar. Um, like some of the things that they do in those films are just so. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way that they develop a set that I find it to be a little bit frustrating. Like in like everything is very CGI heavy now, whereas like mm-hmm. Demolition Man, they're like building a set to have this underground, you know, rat infested slash rat burger eating world uh <laughs> where everybody's drinking cervezas and stuff like that with dennis leary right and i i don't i don't and jack black if you noticed him did you yeah. just notice jack black
2: Wait, he was in the movie yeah jack black mm-hmm. was
0: uh hanging out with dennis leary when uh dennis leary and sylvester salone sandra bullock <laughs> uh, and alfredo de garcia all met for the first time i don't know if you notice? I don't that? think
2: that was uh, Jack Black. Are uh, you talking about the, the heavy guy who was um, the, the assistant and stuff? No no no, 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 no.
0: Not that guy. Not Associate Bob. Uh, the, there's Jack Black, Is he's barely in the film.
1: Yeah, he's down in the sewer. He's kind of behind a couple people.
0: Oh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. We, when we were looking yeah. up this film, I was like, "Oh man, Jack Black's in this movie." This
2: must have been after he did like Never Neverending Story Three, which is like one of the worst movies <laughs> of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah was... my opinion with the '90s like story and, and kind of like where like the '90s slash '80s action flicks kind of went, as I think they just, I mean, they morphed into yeah, I guess the Fast and Furious series. But I think that we just spend so little time like like we really can't like when you watch like a 90s or ac- 80s action film nowadays it you laugh at it a lot more than you would a fast and furious yeah. film like i don't i don't know like it, it's just it's like i'll go Could see you imagine it. watching uh, die hard now like you know or bad boys Two? like
2: cops like you know going crazy and shooting everybody oh, yeah. like that doesn't fly today. Like, no people don't want to see films like that.
0: Bad yeah. Boys <laughs> 2, I feel like, was right on that cusp, though, because it was made right in, like, I think 2002, 2005, where it yeah. was still kind of, like, self-aware of the fact that, you know, it was, like, kind of cliche and cheesy, but at the same time, it's, like, it's like you know, still in that 90s era. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, in in all honesty, like '80s and, uh, and '90s action films are like one of my favorite genres, just because of how stupid they are and just such such brilliant uh, comedic dialogue. I, like, have you ever seen um, Commando with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yep. Yeah, that is one of my favorite films of all time. Really? I think that's the funniest, one of the funniest <laughs> films of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of
0: one of our one of our actually because me and Corey we spend we we watch a lot of other people on YouTube that kind of do similar stuff to us. Um, Uh that's kind of why we found you, but also too, uh we watched um we watch a lot of like red letter media and uh I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they look at a lot of like crappy films uh from like the eighties, seventies and nineties and early two thousands and stuff, and they have a show kind of based around it. Um and one of the films that I still maintain to be is one of my favorite action films of all time that they reviewed on the show is called Miami Connection. And it's this film, uh, pretty much just about a motorcycle ninja cocaine drug dealing group versus a Taekwondo rock band. And it is the biggest, goofiest thing you'll ever like. It is about as goofy as you think that the concept of the film is. Um, but there's some sort of level of passion in it that you really like, you're laughing at as well. And I think that that yeah. also feeds into the 90s and 80s action films, kind of like Demolition Man. Where it's like, you know, this film is a bit of a joke, but, you know, people worked hard to make this movie, Mm -hmm. and, like, it, you know, it, it was fun to make at the time, and I think that there's a level of, like, fun that is, I guess, not in action films like this today. Like, I would say that, like, Fast and Furious is probably fun to make, but, you know... I, I don't know. Like, I yeah. feel like people may be taking each other too seriously. I don't know. Like,
1: well, <laughs> these movies still get made. They're just not quite yeah. as recognized. Like, yeah. they did what Last Stand, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, a couple of years ago, and like, oh yeah, like that's that's a fun '90s action movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just weird. It's yeah. just really weird. And I and I miss the '90s action films. But hey, you know, um, I did want to mention kind of like. The fact that, did anybody ever notice how in 90s and 80s action films that whenever somebody tries to get shot, they always miss? Yeah. Like, this whole film is people getting shot at, not actually getting shot. No, oh, yeah, it would be a very short film, otherwise. Well, yeah. I mean, like, the fact, yeah. like, most of the gunfights are all just, like, I don't even think Simon Phoenix's character, played by Wesley Snipes, actually gets shot. He just gets his head exploded or turns to ice or whatever, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, they don't actually aim. They kind of point at
0: each other, you know? You kind of can't spray and
2: pray, you know? That doesn't work. (laughs) It's like, have you ever seen, like, um, cop movies from the 1970s and you see, like, uh, actors who are pretending to be SWAT team officers and they hold a... An M sixteen from like the the hip.
0: Yeah, they yeah. never
2: aim down the bloody barrel. Yeah, especially if you watch some of the dead, they always aim the guns and the rifles in the worst way possible. Well, isn't that a so- scene
0: from Commando or is it Predator where like Arnold Schwarzenegger essentially like takes two, you know, uh, like whatever they call it, the m14s or whatever oh. and he like holds them from the hip and he like turns his hip back. well oh, that move. was
2: that was in commando like he had like a giant m60 and he just like uh shot everyone from the hip yeah and he just he hits everybody and not a single person could hit this giant meat mountain yeah firing a machine gun at them yeah
0: well that's what sylvester sloan is to some extent he's a bit of a meat mountain. oh he's a meat mountain for sure have you seen the expendables films at all Oh God, yes.
2: I liked uh, the first two. I thought the third one was awful. Oh, the third one was awful
0: is because they were trying to basically market it to more people to make more money and they made it like a a PG-13 film, right? Oh God, that's exactly it. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on like the no crime? For instance, like I couldn't help but think of like uh, Escape to LA, uh, Snake Plissken films. That is probably one of my favorite action films that is taking itself relatively seriously. I can't remember. Is it John Carp... It's John Carpenter's Escape, Escape from LA. L-. Escape from LA. No, Escape from New York. <laughs> Escape from New York. It's like, nobody likes Escape yeah, from New York. Yeah, everybody. yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes that one. Uh, Escape from New York. Um, Escape from yeah. New York. That is one of my favorite uh, action films by, uh, uh, what's his name? John-, John-, yeah, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. He's a terrific, you know, 80s and 90s uh, film guy. Yeah. But I couldn't help but, uh, like, think about those films in regards to this film and how they deal with crime like where where do all the people who commit crimes go aside from underground like I don't know there was just some sort of like earthquake that shook the world and everybody just kind of paced the scene who did crimes or something like I that was a one that question that I had is like does everybody who commits crime live underground and if so then like, well, that must suck. Like, I don't know. Did, did they, like, freeze all the people who did crimes? Oh, yeah. Well, they froze them, but then they stopped. Didn't they stop <clears throat> doing that, though? Um, no, because they, they put them in
2: cryogenic stasis, and then they uh, they froze them, and then they uh, like changed a, their behavior.
0: Yeah, it's like by, a rehabilitation uh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: and the uh, the idea is that uh, the longer that society goes without any criminals, then... Um, there wouldn't be any more, except it doesn't make any sense because it, it kind of, why does everyone follow the the honor system within a generation? You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, when Sylvester Stallone is put into uh, a cryogenic stasis, it's like 1996. Yep. Yeah. The movie takes place in 2030 something. Yeah, it's like 32. So that's like uh, just 10 years for all of humanity to just be, you know, just this, what- this- yeah, you know, what I mean? that's
0: what I thought. Yeah, I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, well, so everybody in humanity just decided to be good one day, like, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, they should have had this like 500 years into the future. Oh, god, or yeah, like that.
0: I think, yeah, I think it's a level of like, I think you're trying to find like an in between of a level of believability. Um, we are heading towards demolition, man, I think,
2: in a weird way. Like, we have work one end to the extreme where, um, you have people being really really sensitive that makes your eyes roll and then you have like like the 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 apocalyptic future with like uh other ends of the extreme yeah you know so kind Mm -hmm. of all existing in that same space it's kind of
0: yeah that's something interesting about this film is the fact that those two kind of worlds i guess in a way like collide where like yeah like the like this apocalyptic like genre like sci-fi genre kind of meeting the dystopian genre in the middle and all kind of like trying to figure out like oh yeah you know what actually like maybe swearing is okay and uh mm-hmm. and and maybe we don't need to have taco bell all the time maybe we can have a rat burger yeah. and a cerveza <laughs> yeah um yeah. and it's funny because everyone eats healthy foods but yet why is associate bob fat like do you know what i mean he Eats a lot of healthy food yeah well maybe i don't know
2: it probably because he's not following the the rules i imagine the people at the top have access to cheeseburgers and hot dogs and all that stuff yeah
0: a lot of like like future kind of dystopian future films deal in this sort of like neo kind of like asian infused like western cultural vibe i don't know if anybody's ever noticed that like for instance like Mm. blade runner has like very it's very like animated and very like it has like the essence of like a like a like downtown Japan. Yeah, kind of like thing. downtown Japan or Chinatown esque yeah. vibe is yeah. kind of like taking over the streets. Well, well it's
2: because of uh where China's gonna be in the future, like China's gonna be like the next superpower. Like that's the yeah. general thinking of what the world that
0: yeah historically we've been kind of like saying that for so long though right like mm-hmm. when we look at blade runner that's the same thing like i mean i know that that Since film the in, 80s, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's it's weird that we've been saying it for so long and i'm just waiting for it to kind of like get to a point where uh where well everything I mean, is you know <laughs>
2: look how much of uh the u.s how much uh, debt uh the america owes to china yeah you mm. know so they're 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 very very patient those guys you know <laughs> <laughs> It's coming, don't worry. Yeah, it's yeah, coming. for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> for sure.
2: Oh, I'd say that the abolition, Man, like the way it so looks, it looks like the whole world reminds me of a giant uh, mall, mm-hmm.
0: you know, like yeah. on
2: the outside where everything is, you know, nice and shiny and everything, the sun is shining and all that. Uh, it just looks bland, really. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was the sort of look that
0: they were going
2: for. It's nice, but bland.
0: I mean, yeah. like it's bland, but look at those outfits. Have you noticed those? Yeah, a Everyone... bunch yeah. of
1: Jedi's walking around.
0: Yeah, it looks like a bunch of Jedi's. Like everybody looks like yeah. they're mm-hmm. from the Jedi Council, or uh... and then
1: Sylvester Stallone has like that black kind of Chinese-looking shirt on or whatever when he goes over to Sandra Bullock's house. Oh yeah, I, I don't weird. know what traditionally they're called, but
0: they're yeah, that was weird. And he had like cut-off sleeves. Yeah.
2: and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, the '90s and '80s, like they can't talk when trying to predict and how people can address. Up in the future, because mm-hmm. they had awful fashion back then. I mean, 90s not so much, but the 80s, yes, they were <laughs> abhorrent.
0: Well, hair, so, hair yeah. and stuff. I mean, you would know more than <laughs> yeah. us, but because uh, you were from... When were you born, if you don't mind us asking? I mean, you're 30. 87. 87. 87. So you mm-hmm. caught the tail end of the, the 80s slash early 90s of kind of like what people were wearing, I guess, yeah.
2: Well, I just remember like how my parents dressed.
0: Yeah. You know, it's so, like yeah.
2: my mum had the uh, the frizzy... Short hair? Orange hair frizzy yeah yeah kind of like um like uh what's the what's his, uh bruce bruce wayne no bruce uh, what's the bruce willis's wife in die hard you know like that oh uh, yeah, wife, yeah yeah mm. she had that uh, hair and we were just like what the hell are you thinking yeah <laughs>
0: So, I feel uh, like that's the, how we feel about a lot of our images. Like we always just go back to that, like that, like what the hell are you thinking in old pictures kind of thing. Like I don't know. Yeah. There's a there's a picture. But well, we're doing that today. <laughs> I thinking yeah. People wearing, uh, uh, Crocs. Oh like yeah! What the
1: hell were people thinking back then?
0: <clears throat> I have a pair of pink Crocs, but uh, yeah, they're my m- yeah, but they're my mother's. So uh, would you wear would you wear Crocs now? You know, m- I mean, maybe not out and about, uh, <laughs> but uh, I wear them around the house occasionally because they're comfortable. Oh yeah, <laughs> real com- yeah. real comfy. Well, you know, the oh girl- they are they are. Yes. It's even a cliche to wear uh, Uggs. You know, chicks come. Oh yeah. Uggs as much. That's mm-hmm. so weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw somebody wearing Uggs the other day, and I was just kind of like, huh, I remember when that was a thing. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. And compared to, like, other, like, sci-fi films, um, because I'm a huge fan of sci-fi and, like, a good old space opera, um, I took a course on, uh, like, like sci-fi, pulp sci-fi, and kind of, like, where it all came from. Um, so I'm a big fan of this genre. And this film doesn't really sit high on my, like, oh, my God. Like, I remember nostalgically having a really great time with this film when I was Mm -hmm. a kid because I knew that I probably shouldn't be watching it. And plus, Sandra Bullock was, like, a huge crush of mine when I was a little kid. Uh, Uh, Speed. Oh, God. Uh, That's one film. That's one film I wasn't allowed to watch. But it was, like, I I mean, I remember talking when we first met about the Tombstone film uh, and how I had this, like bin of my parents that uh it was underneath this massive vhs tv and the only way to be able to get into the like naughty rated r film box was to push back the big tv and slip my tiny hands in and try and find whatever rated r film was under there and it tombstone was one of them and then the speed film was another and speed uh was of delight for me when I was a kid because people were blown up and and like who could think of anything better than a fast moving bus uh, with with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock on it? Sounds perfect. Wearing you know a really attractive <laughs> outfit. I don't know. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> it sounds <laughs> tubular. Yeah. yeah. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Being a fan of the sci-fi genre, this film doesn't really sit very high, but I. I wanted to say that, like, this film, just what it did, though, watching it again, thank you for picking this film, was really kind of helped me remember what it was like to be a kid again, and really kind of, like, turn off that aspect of really looking at films, like, analytically, because Mm -hmm. we have really just been shooting the shit for about, like, a half an hour now, but this film that really, analytically, doesn't have a lot going for it, other than, you know, what we kind of discussed in the beginning, but it it doesn't but it also has
2: it has nothing to say and it has something to say as well at the same time yeah like i love the idea it's a dystopian future but culturally yeah not in uh environmentally yeah you know you're not going to be any th- uh, fear for your life you know yeah <laughs> but there's just a lot of stuff that's going to piss you off like the like the radio commercials and the food oh and god the... yeah yeah. No sex, even you can't even have sex in this world. That
0: was I remember. No liquid transfer. I thought that they—that was another thing that really drove me nuts. Is I thought that like they kept on saying Sylvester Stallone's like kid was potentially alive, wasn't she? And then I always thought that Sandra Bullock was going to be their kid or her kid or his oh, kid. That would have been that would have been nuts. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, because they okay. didn't really have sex; they just had it. Like sex wasn't really sex in mm-hmm. that film. It was more or less like. <laughs> Like a VR experience, just a VR experience. Well, she's
2: having. She was going to have sex at the end of the film. Tell you that for sure. Oh, you know? absolutely! <laughs> she's like, yeah, we saved the world. Yeah, that would have been so dark
0: if it turned out that she was his daughter the entire time. There is a Asian film uh asian film old old boy boy. oh okay good okay good so uh that that movie um i had i had a guy tell me like a boss of mine used to like he was like go and watch that film yeah old boy uh it's something and uh, i watched it and i was like what the hell is this what the hell is this first of all i couldn't even conceive of living in a in a house for with nothing other than ramen noodles for 20 years but
2: had tv so well yeah but
0: that just describes, like, a geek's wet dream. You oh, know? It's like, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have
2: to pay the bills. Yeah. I could just sit back
0: and chill out. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, this film, I just wanted to say thanks for picking it because it helped me remember what it was like to be a kid again and mm-hmm. not have to think about uh, film with, like, the extent that I usually have to, uh, which I actually still have to do today uh, after we're done this, this, <laughs> this discussion. Yep. Uh, write that thesis statement on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, yeah, but no, Fifth Element was a great film of mine when I was a kid, uh, which is a great sci-fi film. What about you, Corey? Sorry, this one? Yeah, no, what, like, in compared to, like, on your favorite, like, sci-fi films, what did this kind of, like, do for you, I guess?
1: Oh, yeah, well, like you say, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw this on TBS a few times as well. It was good to see Wesley Snipes again. Yeah. I haven't, obviously, he hasn't really worked much, but it was kind of... Well, he
0: was in jail for, like, five years, Yeah,
1: well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it happens, but yeah, it it was, uh...
0: Good to kind of relive this. What was uh, what was one of your favorite sci-fi films back, or like, I guess, full stop. What was your favorite, you know, nostalgic film when you were a kid? Maybe a, I, if this is the one that you think it is, but oh,
2: but uh, nostalgic. When I was a kid, uh, Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, mm.
2: like that. Or that that film series always puts like a, a smile on my face when I watch it, no matter what, and it always cheers me up. So yeah, really, really like that. He uh, got like the usual like Star Wars starship troopers. Um, oh God, and,
0: we have yes. to do a film on that. Yeah, do an episode on. It. Starship
2: troopers,
0: brilliant. Well, maybe yeah. maybe we can have you back for uh, yeah. that episode. Yeah, that'd that's be a fun. good one. And uh, that's a dystopian future. And there's a lot. There's actually a lot to say in that film. There is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with that, I think we're come to the end of the discussion on the film demolition man how do you think we did Corey?
1: i think we did fantastic how
0: about you nick how do you think we did
1: (laughs) Did bloody brilliant mate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh at the end of every single kind of discussion we like to give an arbitrary review uh it doesn't really matter we're not really film reviewers uh or critics we just kind of like to discuss film but i don't know yeah i mean i don't like to put myself at a level of thinking that i'm my opinion is better than anyone else's because it's not yeah because it's yep. not it really isn't <laughs> i just have a microphone and i showed up one day but uh Corey, what would you give this film out of whatever you
1: could give it if you could uh i'd <laughs> give it uh seven taco bells out of ten
0: that's pretty good yeah i mean taco bell is really i mean what kind of taco bell are we talking like taco bell from demolition maybe? i'm talking real taco bell oh uh, some like crunch mm. rack supreme's good to go oh man couple yeah. couple burritos do you, you have taco bell in the uk no, well, we do, but it's all the way out in Essex.
2: Oh. I mean, in all of England, I love Taco Bell. And every time I'm in the States, that's the first place I want to go to for food. Yeah. Which is crazy because we don't have it. Have you had. So you have... I would trade KFC McDonald's and Burger King for Taco Bell. Uh,
0: Nick, what would you give this film if you could give it out of anything? I don't know.
2: I would give it to uh, Three seashell-
0: Seashells.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. pretty good. Nice. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Uh, what what is what are those citations called? Is it just called uh, half credits? Half credits. You credit.
1: get you get fined a half credit for a, a swearing <laughs> swearing violation.
0: Can I have a full half credit out of three half credits? I don't know. <laughs> sure thing. Does that work? Whatever you wish. Okay. Just don't swear. Okay. <inaudible> half credit violation. Brendan has to edit that out now. Nice. <laughs> but uh, Nick, I just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on our show. It's been absolutely fantastic we'd love to have you back sometime if that's oh, yeah. cool with you uh when you're not busy history buffing it up uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh is there anything you kind of wanted to say about upcoming stuff with your channel uh things like that or anything in the works well yeah i'm actually working on the, the untouchables next oh so. cool, cool. Have, you yeah, oh, yeah. Do I, have i seen that film let me tell you yeah. okay can we get into this like real quick before we, I end don't okay. Sure. So, uh, when I was a kid, Al Capone was like my first real experience with like gangsters, and that is a part of history that I am absolutely infatuated with. Was the 19 Roaring Twenties and kind of Al Capone's rise to you know fame and and where he came from and what he started in. I remember when I was a kid, I went to Moose Jaw, which is like a little town in Saskatchewan, in one of the provinces in Canada. And they have a re kind of like imagining of Al Capone's like liquor tunnels that he used to kind of like hide all his you know whiskey in his Canadian club whiskey or whatever um, yeah before shoving sh- like sending it over to Chicago and stuff and shipping it out to the rest of the uh, the people across the country during the prohibition but I let me tell you something I was a huge fan of Boardwalk Empire I don't know that part of history just for me I, I'm I'm pretty excited for that Nick so yeah
2: no, I'm right there with you. Prohibition is uh, one of the fascinating periods of American history.
0: Do you have another mini episode coming out anytime soon? Or
2: actually, yes. No, I am doing a, a mini on a, a film called No Man's Land, which is um, a Bosnian film. It's kind of like a a, a parable satire f- a film about the Bosnian War. So, yeah, oh, very cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah, I think it's
2: that. That's the first one of the first serious uh, foreign language films that I'm covering that's not Korean. So, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I want to give a big old thanks to Nick. We really appreciate you coming on the show. And yeah, like I said, I'd love to have you back and uh, we can do another one of these because it would be definitely fun. Oh, that'd be uh, awesome. We, it's been great getting to know you over the last couple months. Well, with that uh, is the show. I think that's the show this week. I, I guess so, yeah. Is that, that the show? It is the show. Okay. Oh, sweet. I hope it's the show. Nick, is there any one liner, like one line that you'd like to say before you sign off? Hasta la vista. Okay. Nice. (laughs) Corey, how about you? Alfredo Garcia. And scene.